Hi, my name is Joanna. Um, I'm an external director with the National Organization for Rare Disorders uh, Student Association here at the University of Alberta. Um, with our group, our goal is to raise awareness and fundraisers for rare disorders, and we are an affiliate of NORD. And we're conducting a Spotify series where we interview people involved with rare diseases, their personal experience, research, or um, other related fields. And there will be more interviews on the way in the future for our first installment of our series. We have the pleasure of interviewing our special guest today, Joanne Paquette, um, who is a rare disease patient and advocate. So thank you so much for coming in today, Joanne, thank and happy belated birthday. Um, oh, you thank you. Today? Thank you so much, Joanna. I'm doing really well today, thank you. Um, it's very cold here in Ottawa. Uh, besides that though, everything else is going well, thank you. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, the weather is definitely getting cold. In Canada. It's yeah. Canada. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> okay, so I guess to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was born in the early 1960, 63. Uh, my legs were out of shape when I was born. I was the only, I'm AM, the only daughter, two older brothers. Um, I've been married, I'm divorced. I have three wonderful children, two are adults, have uh, both done well in high school and university. And I have a 17 year old who's uh, going on the same path. Mm -hmm. So things are really good that way. And as you mentioned, I suffer from a very rare form of mm -hmm. uh, rare bone disease. Right. Yeah. So um, I believe that your bone disease is called Allier's disease. Correct. And would you be able to explain that a little bit more to our listeners? Sure, absolutely. Um, Allier's disease, which when I was young and able to understand and start speaking more, was referred to as I have multiple enchondromatosis. So these are tumors that are at the cartilage area that don't form into bone and cause growth uh, dysfunction, uh, bows in the uh, in the bone, as well as length discrepancies uh, in the arms or the legs, so on. Um, but yeah, it's Olier's disease. It's um, under, named after Dr. Olier from France, who discovered it, I believe, was 1981. So um, yeah, I've had that since I was born. Oh, okay. So given that you were born with it, did you still have to go through that um, like diagnosis process? Great question. Well, as I mentioned, when I was born, my legs weren't, and my feet were completely um, inward, totally, like, just practically reversed. Um, at six months old, they placed my legs in cast for about eight weeks. And once casts were off, because the bones are very young at, at six months, you can shape them, basically. You know, it's like a wet piece of wood, in a sense. You can shape it. So that, that really helped. Once the cast removed, everybody was satisfied. I didn't know any different. I was like a year old. Then I started to walk shortly thereafter. And um, as I walked more, my dad noticed there was something wrong. Um, there was a discrepancy in my walking. 
So back to the doctors we went, x-rays revealed these dark white masses in the bone that um, we couldn't explain. Mm -hmm. um, so luckily though, we had a, um, an orthopedic surgeon in the family, Dr. Dennis Desjardins, um, and he referred us to a doctor in Toronto, Dr. Babetchko at SickKids. He wanted me as a patient really bad because the ratio was one in a million. Oh, wow. And I was that one million here in Ontario, Canada. Um, he truly wanted me, but Toronto just wasn't really, I wasn't comfortable. I was three and a half years old. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't quite comfortable with Dr. Desjardins. However, as I grew and I was like four and a half, I was determined that this is the doctor that I, I, I just liked him a lot as a kid. <laughs> Um, so he, he finalized it uh, with the diagnosis being what it was. And he went to Switzerland and to mm -hmm. Europe and learned more. Amputation was the answer um, right. uh, after the, the six months. And I started walking and so on. And the mm -hmm. discovery of the diagnosis, um, and because their tumors, uh, it was automatic. You know, it's 1965. We don't know what to do. Cut it off. Oh. My mother said, no way. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So the diagnosis did take time, mm -hmm. but it was the, finally the proper diagnosis. Being so young, um, how did that kind of impact you at the time? Or was it just like what you mentioned before? It was just all you knew. That's all. I, I, that's all I knew. I was happy with it. It was, you know, it, it sounds so cliche, but it was who I am. That's mm -hmm. it. That's all. You know, this is who I am. So to me, um, I'd have surgeries every year, nine months to every year. And so I wasn't in school the same and I wasn't at home the same. So it was a, it was a difficult balance, but it was just after a while, it became such a routine that it, it is who I am. So, right. you know, it didn't bother me. Yeah, you became empowered with it and it became part right. of yeah. it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's just who I am, what can I say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then continuing on in your life, it seems like you've been able to achieve so much already, especially with your family and with your advocacy work as well, which we'll talk about a bit more later. Mm -hmm. um, has this um, condition continued to impact your life? It has. Um... I don't know if I've mentioned it, I've had 49 surgeries to date. So it has. Um, I've uh, I fractured bones in every part of my body except for my back or my neck. I, my, from my ribs to my toes, my ankles, my feet, my legs, my arms, my, my fingers, I've fractured. Any, all of those, uh, not every toe or every, but those areas have all been front. Mm -hmm. um, repeatedly, especially my femur and my oh, ribs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, it stays with me. This, and I'm knocking on wood, which I'm knocking on my head right now, mm -hmm. is going to be the first year that I go through a whole year and don't fracture something or end up uh in the hospital over over something with this that's amazing. so 
It is. It really is. <laughs> For me, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's quite the accomplishment. But, uh, you know, I say it, but the year's not over yet. So <laughs> I just want to make sure that I get there. So We're it has. Yeah. yeah. And of course, if I if something happens, like um, I fell out of a window July 1st, 2015, I had a 20% chance of surviving. Oh I turned my aorta. That's what nearly killed me. But due to my bone disease, I fractured a lot of places. And where it ha what happens is with my bones, instead of taking six weeks to heal, they'll take three to four months. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So th th that impact uh, is with me still a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't imagine. I can't even imagine, like how that not only affects you physically, but also mentally and like socially as well. But yes, that, that's a huge part in my helping others. Um, right. It not, not only provides me a good sense of mental health, mm -hmm. that's what I want to pass along. Right. That, you know, it's, um, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You have a rare disease. Your dynamics are different. Let's hit it right on. Embrace what we can and adapt. That's my philosophy. That's amazing. Do you have any like suggestions on how family and friends of people with rare diseases or rare disorders, how can they help individuals going through that process? Basically, what I find happens and from what I hear from the members and others, other rarities. Um, family and friends, it's very difficult because a lot of them don't understand. Often with the rare disease, even with others like cancer, breast cancer, you can't see that on somebody. Mm -hmm. Terry Fox, if he had pants on, you wouldn't know. Right. So, it, and you know what, it's so, when it's one that isn't visible, mm -hmm. the other person has a difficult time understanding what is going on with you, you know? I mean, right. uh, so that alone causes a lot of uh, mental illness problems. Mm -hmm. So um, that in itself uh, is an issue that friends and family must make this part of their dynamics as well. In a family setting, it's not you that has that rare disease. It's your family. Mm. It's your family. You're in a unit. It's that. You yeah. know what I mean? If you broke up with your girlfriend or boyfriend set up, you'd be working as a unit. It's a okay. unit thing. As mm -hmm. friends, you should be accepting and not pity, but understand. Mm -hmm. And then your compassion and empathy will work hand in hand. To right. me, you know, to me, it's it's logic, which makes me look at things. Right. And everybody's logic is going to be a bit different because we are different mm -hmm. and our perception are different. But right. if we can put it towards the same goal, then we can we can make it work. Mm -hmm. So working with those challenges together. Yes, absolutely. Through that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Oh, and you're welcome. 
And you mentioned earlier that you've had 49 surgeries, which is a lot more than I'm sure most people go through. So you've had your fair share of experience in the hospital and working with healthcare workers. Um, what have you seen in the healthcare industry that you found really helpful or that you've really liked or things that you haven't liked? Oh, oh there's so many things with the healthcare system that um, needs to be adjusted. Uh, not just for the parents, but for the staff and the nurses and so on. Um, they're overworked. Right. There's a lack of communication and of understanding. When I was younger, having a rare disease, they had no idea. So if I complained, I was just either being, uh, you know, a kid being da -da -da -da, or whatever, and they'd ignore me. And you can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't do that. You're a nurse. That has no role in in there right now. Um, so, you know, I've seen some change with that. Doctors are starting to come around with um, uh, understanding chronic pain. Because I advocate for rare diseases, we in Canada are behind the ball and we shouldn't be we should you know we have an nrc the national research center but that covers nearly everything we need a rare disease database boom let it be a university as well uh, let it be a place for families to find others with the same thing let it be the research center right. of canada for that and let the pharmaceuticals help pay for that too Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be one of the best moves uh, that we could do for the rare disease community. And the other fact that I find that needs to be changed on the government level is unfortunately when you're encouraged to go into their system, in other words, uh, rely on funding from the province, Ontario Disability or Quebec or whatever, or your CPP disability, you need to read the small print. Right. It, it's, it's You're put in a system that does not really give you hope. It mm -hmm. does, it says it's a support system, but it just monitors you if you're working or not opposed to sitting down with you and giving you support okay like you have children you're disabled listen there's a plan by the government that if you, we can get you enrolled in this for your kids to go to school to university blah blah we could do that but they don't mm -hmm. it, it, there's so much that needs to be changed and addressed and as soon as you go into that system right you are now demeaned to being poor Mm. You are now at the level of poverty. Right. And where you make more or too much, we will take it from you. Oh, wow. And, you know, someone like me who's gone through everything I've gone through, and I do work to have it taken away from me, is a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. A slap in the face. Mm -hmm. So there's changes, yes. And I truly hope that by the time I get my organization well on its way, that my voice is finally heard with this.
mm-hmm. you know, opposed to all my letters, my voice. I want it right, right in front of them, my mm-hmm. voice to their face. This <laughs> <laughs> needs a change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're doing such great work, even raising awareness about this and getting Thank people you. behind it. A lot of people, um, myself included, I have a very outside perspective of everything. And it's so nice hearing your voice and like your experience and how you perceive things um, and you want them to change. That is really informative. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so mentioning your advocacy, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do for rare diseases and um, what your passion for rare diseases is kind of like? Um, Yeah, sure. So my organization's a nonprofit and I have two sectors to it. One is the rare disease rule um, and the other is all years disease Canada. Um, we're hand in hand, but rare disease rule, I focus on rare disease worldwide, on all rare diseases. If you need help with a rare disease, I want to try. But if you, uh, on all your disease and you want real detailed help, I'm the one that to go to basically. Also, because I'm one of the older ones in these groups that we're in on Facebook or whatsoever. Um, And I also have a lot of my medical records here. So I have all the medical terminology. If anybody is interested in something, I can, you know, mind you, nowadays we could just say, hey, Google. (laughs) And it lets you know. Yeah, the word enchondromatosis, we could, it was not, we couldn't find it anywhere. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't used or in anything. So, but now it's popping up a little more. Do you find that there's been a shift towards kind of empowering patients to understand like their own conditions better? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, when. From the get-go that I remember my first surgery, I was four and a half years old. I was at the mm-hmm. Ottawa General Hospital on Briere Street. You had to wear their pajamas. They were either blue striped or red striped. To me now, I look back at it, and I'm, and there was bars on the windows, and I thought, you know, later, that's like a jail. I had to wear a striped out. There was bars on the windows. We had to eat only when we were fed visiting hours were very strict (laughs) back then even whenever um they take you away in your in you know the stretcher or whatever from a room to let's say actually your chart is put at the end of your bed at the foot of the the bed as soon as they were looking i would always grab my chart and look (laughs) right I mean, that happened for years, you know, years. I was 14, 13, and I remember doing it at the at Chio, the, at and I was in there for three and a half months, and I wanted my chart, yeah. And uh, anyways, finally now people can, and it's about time because people need to really understand what they have, but more importantly, they need to read to what the doctors are saying, if they can read their handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, some now, like if you go to emergency at the Montfort now, mm-hmm. when they um, let you go they from emergency, they give you uh, paperwork of what was done to you in emergency. You have it right away. I think that's great. And the fact that you can go online now and see your chart as well is very good. 
Yeah, I can imagine how that can really empower yeah. you to take control of your own healthcare decisions. With this, um, I'm going to throw it in now if I could. Um, I've recently partnered up with Personalized My Medicine, which is located in the UK. And they specialize in research looking into the scientific parts of an illness. Um, but specifically with me, it will be in rare diseases. So we offer services um, that will help from the scientific side all the way to where then with me it will be on the counseling side and strategies mm. on how to um how to get through and, and being in who you are and accepting who you are as i say it's be one be you mm. and that's that sums it up you know just be one and be you right so, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, and with your organization and your advocacy, what, what is your kind of ultimate goal or goals that you hope to achieve? There's one really important goal that I'd like to achieve. Yes. I'd like to get scholarships for rare disease students for mm -hmm. school. That's been on my list for a long time. Right. Um, my children, my two older kids, uh, graduated from high school with honors. Mm -hmm. And from University of Ottawa with honors, they had to pay for their education because I, I I couldn't. I wasn't guided. I wasn't told there was this you know thing you could right. get, and that's going to benefit you so much and for your kids' future. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I've always been proud of that factor, and I, I that's a, something that I want to I want kids to access and and give themselves a really good future because don't depend on the government mm -hmm. and your parents can only do so much. Right. So um, that's, that's a, a thing that I want to start receiving funding to put into that. Uh, the other goal is, is just to bring awareness. Again, mm -hmm. let's get a research place going. Let's get a school going. Let's get these groups going. Um, but lastly and third is a summer camp. For rare disease kids with the same rare disease. The kids need it. The kids deserve it. The parents deserve it. I'm uh, planning on working with um, Angel Aid in the U.S. Uh, it's for moms who have a, who has a child with a rare disease. But I want to switch it over to moms who have a rare disease, but with the same rare disease. Mm hmm so it's so big group. So we're working on a collaboration of doing that. Yeah, those initiatives are definitely something that I could see empowering and enriching people's lives, especially with individuals with rare disorders. A lot of them don't have opportunities. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's sad just because why? You know, it's the same as saying, well, you know, your eyes are different than my eyes, so you don't get it. Mm -hmm. Seriously, what world are we in? So, so far in your advocacy journey with your organization, um, reaching towards these goals, what have you been most proud of? Um, well, the contacting um, and the people that have, me have been reaching out to me, that really makes me happy. That's great. They within the Facebook groups, 
that I'm in, if there's certain things, they'll often tag my name because, or I'll be known as Joanne will know not what to do <laughs> no, because I usually <laughs> fracture something every year. Uh, you know, they told me when I was a kid, don't ski. Well, my mother found me skiing. <laughs> so I always pushed. I always did. That's, that's wonderful. I hope so many more achievements happen with your organization and with you, with all your great work, especially like, and even today, thank you for talking with us and getting oh. a bit of insight into all your great work and your own experiences. Thank you. And yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm always looking for volunteers. Mm. Um, if anybody is interested in joining on the board as a student, um, you know, as a student interested in entering life in rare diseases or whatever, please let me know. Um, I'm always interested in different aspects and opinions, especially, um, you know, at a younger age. I mean, you, you see things differently right now than I do, you know, um, and I think that that often putting those together can bring a lot of good things because, you know, it, it's yeah. two different times and putting them together, we should be able to come up with better ideas here you know mm -hmm, for sure yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. an amazing opportunity uh, we'll be sure to keep in touch and um make that opportunity available to contact you if you're interested oh yes please yeah. i appreciate that as implied by the name of rare disorders there are often not that many people with the same disorder in the communities um, how do you develop kind of like a greater sense of unity among people with rare diseases uh, you know what? It's really it's strange. Um, I I know there's one other person in my twenty five kilometer thirty kilometer radius that has old years disease. We've never met up yet. We've never had the time where we can meet. I have yet to meet somebody with my disease in person. Right. It took me forty seven years to know there was an, someone else that existed with the disease and that was thanks to facebook um so with that alone you know because often i was like you know everybody's got this cancer group and everybody's got this group or that group but there's nothing for me you know and it's just but uh, when you put us together it's amazing because we all have all kinds of different things coming at us with the same goal at the end um but you know and nowadays i mean so many and with the with the pandemic it's put a a uh, you know it's put a hammer on a lot of stuff mm -hmm. but thanks to social media and zoom and this and that mm -hmm. we're able to to communicate um and keep our spirits up. So uh, that's a good thing. But when you put all of us together, same rare disease or other, it's an amazing, amazing amount of uh, love, kindness, compassion, strength. Uh, it's 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 the best high of my life. It really is. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. For <laughs> I can imagine how like going through this alone or only no 
being the only person you know going through it, it can feel very mm-hmm. isolating. But then having people that went through similar experiences is really comforting, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, still people that I'm encountering now with the rare disease who have don't know anybody else with it. And that's where I come in and I'm trying, I try to find for them, you know, um, help and where to go for it. And so that they're not alone because that's the number one factor of a rare disease. The number two is proper diagnosis. Right. And then number three is proper treatment. Right. If you don't have the proper diagnosis, that treatment ain't going to work. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing, which results in more research. And research in rare diseases provides answers for so many other illnesses. Um, it's unbelievable. It, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as like a student group focused on also the fundraising aspect of rare disorders, we recognize that there's such a gap between funding for rare disorders because of the rarity, but it still affects patients and it still affects individuals' lives. And theirs is still as valid as any other condition for sure. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It wasn't until about maybe, I, I don't even think 10 years, maybe six years now that pharmaceuticals have been investing in or sponsoring rare disease organizations um, because they never saw money in it. There's no value. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then, uh, for instance, I don't know if you know Jonathan Petrie uh, from Ottawa. He's a young boy. You can Google him. P-I-T-R-E is the last name, Jonathan. Yeah, uh, the butterfly boy. Um, he um, he brought great awareness for his rare disease. Him and his mom. That he passed away in April, like twenty eighteen, I think. They named a school after him just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot there. Oops, sorry. Yeah, it's. Um, it really pushes for that importance of informing yourself and being aware of what these people go through, um, just like any other person with an illness or like with a disease. Um, yeah. They deserve to be heard as well. Along that same lines, if somebody was interested in learning more about rare disorders, do you have any like specific organizations, people, or like profiles that you suggest them check out to learn more? Sure, absolutely. Um, aside from mine, which is rarezeesrule.ca, um, that's R-A-R-E-S-I-E-S-R-U-L-E, rarezeesrule.ca. Um, in Canada, there's CORD, the Canadian Organization of Rare Diseases Disorders. In the U.S., as you're aware, there's NORD. And um, a really, really good one in the U.S. is Global Genes. Genes as in G-E-N-E-S. They're fantastic. These two moms started this organization. I think it's about eight years now, maybe ten. I went to their summit in 2019. Yeah. And um, in San Diego. 
and it was just absolutely amazing amazing and everybody there had the same intent i met amazing people um and we all you know it's funny because you go say hi how are you no oh, hi i have a rare disease oh yeah we all do we're all here because of you know <laughs> mind you not all of them did a lot of them were doctors pharmaceuticals right. and so on but um uh, some of them do different work right and mm -hmm. it depends what you're looking for um and again as i say with mine and and personalized my medicine uh we go into depth of what you have and who you are and mm -hmm. how you're feeling um we offer i offer from one-on-one uh, -on -one confidence uh, family dynamic strategies or youth, uh, child and youth development strategies. Um, so, and, um, with that said, yeah. And again, like I say, cord Nord and global genes, I think, uh, you can get lots of information there. Okay. Those are amazing resources. We'll be sure to include them as well as your, um, organization when we post this for sure. Thank you. Um, it's great hearing about it and ways to learn about it, especially. Thank um, you. Yeah. So just before we wrap up, do you have any message that you'd like to send out to listeners um, about vertisorders disorders or advocacy in general? Um, well, there's 7,000 rare diseases plus. Um, our population is larger than AIDS and cancer combined. Most of uh, them, you can't see, you can't detect or anything. And some of them are very detectable or visual. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless, that doesn't make them, you know, any different than anybody else. They're human. To me, that's, that's who you are. If we didn't have differences, it would not be a good world. <laughs> it would be a very boring world. Right. So we need these differences. And I want others to know with the rare disease, you're not alone. Reach out. I'm here. Others are there. Um, you know, we're rooted together uh, in a rare medical way. So, uh, you know, keep smiling and uh, we're going to get you through this. Thank you so much for your time today, Joanne. Um, I learned so much personally, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Um, we'll be sure to link all of your organizations in case people want to learn more and um, find out more about your great work. Thank you, um, and have a lovely day. Thank you, Joanna. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.